And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 96, recorded on August 11th, 2011. Bestial Anarchy. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, episode 96. We are back uh, for the first of our uh, speed episodes. <laughs> We're in Not case, episodes on speed. Yeah, no, no, we would never, ever do drugs on Bad Philosophy, ever. Um, except for that one episode where we I'm drink a lot of alcohol. I'm lazy to do speed. <laughs> I don't want energy. I don't think that's how that works, actually. I think you, because you're lazy, you do speed, right? I don't, I've never done speed. I, I Okay, whatever. I saw that episode of French, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when somebody did speed. Really? There was... There was, yeah, it was, one of, was a very special episode. Um, Carlton took what he thought was echinacea <laughs> that for some reason Will Smith's character had, but it was really speed. Um, okay. <laughs> and I guess you could just call him Will. We don't even and it call was like, Will huh? Smith's character. <laughs> oh. no, this, was, this was a real episode. Oh, I'm not making this up. I, <laughs> I've seen like three episodes of Fresh <laughs> Friends, and this was one of them. <laughs> Too um, bad. But he had a big cold. He's like, well, take some echinacea. I've got some in my thing. But for some reason, it wasn't echinacea. It was oh my God, speed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I need to get... And, and, no, I mean, it's, and then there was a, a dance. That they had a dance, and he was doing... He was dancing. He was doing like the Carlton dance, but he was doing it really fast because he was on speed. <laughs> I don't know if these people knew what speed actually did. No. I think they knew it was a drug. Yeah. Um, but it was during that, like, saving the drugs time. So. Oh, I mean, I mean, you know, there was, there was very drugs special bad, episodes of but lots also of I remember the, the very <laughs> special episode of Home Improvement, mm-hmm. where Jonathan Taylor Thomas or one of his brothers had marijuana, and that was a big deal. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. Um, or there was, there was a famous one. Um, what was it? Oh, Super 80s show. Growing Pains? No, in a uh, high school. In high school. Growing Pains? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, A.C. Slater, Screech. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. There was yeah, a super too. special Saved by the Bell episode where she was also on drugs of some sort. I've not seen this one, but there's a YouTube clip of it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's famous. Anyway, I don't remember it as well as I think I do, considering I haven't seen it. So we're doing four episodes really quickly because uh, I don't really know if we're doing if five episodes quickly. Five episodes. Well, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, to, to back up, um, one of the things that, that Kevin mentioned to me after uh, after the last episode was um, the fact that we are coming up on the three year anniversary of Bad Philosophy. Uh, we recorded our first episode August eighteenth, uh, two thousand eight. And uh, it was it was just me and Kevin and uh, Matt Legler and David Renderos, I believe. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> four of us and in a free sitting in a free bird, um, talking about something, talking about Fox News and other stuff. But and anyways, drunk driving. We talked about drunk driving. And drunk driving. Yeah, I showed that sign while walking across the street. So that was fun. Anyways, we're not going to use this episode to reminisce, but basically, in the spirit of manufactured serendipity, uh, we would like to have our 100th episode 
on our three-year on our third anniversary. So, uh, in order to make that happen, we still have a few episodes to, yet to record in order yeah. to get there. Um, so, we're actually going to record Bad Philosophy at the fastest pace that we have ever recorded it before. Yes, by far. <laughs> we are skewing the average immensely. If we'd been putting this often, we'd be on episode like 400 by now. Yeah. Um, so, we're, we're basically going to record an episode every two days this week. Um, and the you know getting whoever we can on uh, talking about whatever we can uh, and this is the first of them so this is episode ninety six and today I've got just Mr Kevin Saunders here we weren't actually able to get anyone else on that on short notice but that's all right because that's all we what need. what else do you need that's probably all I'm we here. can uh, we can deal with as far as Skype goes. Um, <laughs> I'm not uh, on our, Skype, though, so you should probably mention that. Oh, I'm yeah. physically present. So that's, by the way, <laughs> Kevin Saunders is back in Austin. So, Kevin, how does it feel? You're, you're finally... You're, you're... I've been here for 48 hours. I don't really know what's going on yet. Okay. Well, what's going on is, is I, earlier today, um, Kevin and, and Amy and I all uh, unpacked their uh, U-boxes. Unloaded, yeah. Unloaded. So we oh, yeah. We've got to yeah. unpack stuff. We, but... we, un- we meta-unpacked. Yeah, we, we took everything out of the big orange boxes that everything was in. Yeah. So... Everything is inside, um, but it's still mostly in boxes and in packed yeah. forms. So um, they now have the unpacking to do. But uh, the cool thing is, they're here in Austin, and we can all, you know, record that philosophy together, which is so cool. Um, so, anyways, uh, it's it's you know it's very neat that we uh, that we have uh, Kevin here. Um, the audio quality is still going to be about as good as normally as when he's on <laughs> Skype, but at least I can you know reach over and smack him if it doesn't sound good. So. Yeah, but I smack back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about the UK riots. Um, something that's been been going on here uh, recently. Um, it's four or five days now. Yeah, but it's it's less than a week old. Like yeah. the. the uh, it's it's almost right at a week old today. Um, if uh, if I read the Wikipedia article correctly, which just you know taking a step back here, um, Wikipedia is becoming a really good way to consume, like to catch up on a story, um, particularly current events from the yeah, stories. like yeah. current events. So I you know I knew I had not been following the UK riots at all. Uh, not, not, I just kind of knew that they were happening, but didn't really know much about them at all. Um, I go to the, the Wikipedia page, I, I search one thing, it redirects me, I find it, you know, fairly quickly. And, uh, you know, I'm just reading on here, and it's a very long article. You know, it's, it's aggregating all of the, the incoming news, um, every sentence is cited pretty much, you know, every, everything is, is in here. Um, and the cool thing is, it's, it's being updated in real time. As new news stories are posted, they're kind of added to this, this aggregation of all of the news. Um, so it's a very, very easy way to kind of get the story up to now. And, uh, you know, a little bit of, of current opinion on this subject and, you know, emerging thoughts on the, on the issues and reactions and such. So, you know, to, to kind of back it up, um, for those of y'all who are unfamiliar with, uh, with the, the, Lon- the England riots or the London riots, which have spread outside of England or spread outside of London, yeah. Yeah, they're in the, um, they're in the UK. I mean, they're now the UK riots. On... Uh, on August 4th, uh, there was a planned arrest of a, of a Mr. Uh, Mark Dugan um, on the Ferry Lane Bridge next to the uh, Tottenham Hale Station uh, in London. And um, apparently during the, the arrest, uh, Mr. Mark Dugan was, uh, was shot and, and killed by the, uh, by the police officers. Um, he was an alleged crack cocaine dealer, a member of the, quote, star gang, and uh, 
his family and, and friends and relatives uh, claimed that he was unarmed at the time. So the, the police basically shot him, uh, shot an unarmed man. Uh, now, there were some counterclaims by the police officers that he had a gun and shot back, but the bullets that they found were actually police bullets. Yeah, well, they, so, they, they, they found an extra gun mm-hmm. that wasn't a police-issued service weapon. Right. But it had not been fired. Yes. It was later found out. So he did have a gun, and, and I don't know the situation, and history is impossible to know anyway. But it's possible that he was pointing a gun at them when they tried to arrest him, and that led them to shooting him. Yeah, or he was, it looked threatening like he was going to draw it up. We, we may never well, know. And, and I don't think we will. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is... The fact uh, is, he did get shot. This, this was the, the flashpoint, no pun intended, of, um, of the, the, what grew into the, the, the England riots. Can now, we stop there? Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. <laughs> because we can pause here. <laughs> I, I think that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, from a historical perspective, it's really nice, from a certain historical perspective, it's really nice to have these sort of cause and events moments. Right. Pearl Harbor caused the U.S. to go into World War II. That's a big obvious one that most people aren't going to argue, although I think it could be. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, because I've been listening to the, to the radio and stuff. You know, I get my news in the car mostly now, and the internet, but I haven't been reading the internet about this. Um, and up until... A day or two ago, I wasn't really hearing... I was hearing that that was there, and that was at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I wasn't hearing that was the cause of it. And so I think it's really? interesting that in the past few days, how that's already started to change. Well, I don't think... And, and this is something that Wikipedia argues Because we, we want it to have a cause. We well, want it, a causal it, event. Sure, but, you know, the thing is, it's not the cause, and there's actually a, a separate article on Wikipedia called Causes... Of the 2011 England riots, so it's it's possible that there were many things that all contributed causally to the riots happening. Um, it was, in, in philosophical parlance, overdetermined. Um, you know that that uh, you know there are multiple. So, for instance, a, a, an example of overdetermination: uh, a firing squad where everybody has bullets. So five people shoot a guy simultaneously. His is his death a cause, or, or is uh, any one of the bullets a cause, or yes, are all any of, one them of them together the cause? <laughs> Essentially, any one of the bullets would have been uh, sufficient, a sufficient condition for his death. In this hypothetical situation. In this hypothetical situation. Uh, but you can't say that any particular You can't bullet point to the bullet that killed him. Was I can cause. say any particular bullet killed him. Yes. I can say one bullet was the one that did it. Right. Because they couldn't have been fired at exactly the same time, so there was more place. But so what we have, I can't I can't say which of the bullets killed him. Yeah. So so we have an interesting. I mean, basically, what's it, it's worth talking about what's happened afterwards. You know, uh, his family and friends uh, rel- uh, demonstrated. About two hundred people demonstrated at, at near Tottenham Station. Um, at the police station, they you know were upset and and disappointed with the response they got from the police officers. More riots broke out. More people showed up, and eventually, the the just the unrest, the civil unrest that started with the, the shooting of, of this guy spread throughout London. Uh, mm-hmm. So people, you know, just, just random folks completely unrelated to his gang or to the, to the event at all started looting places, setting cars on fire, setting buildings on fire, throwing rocks at police officers and businesses and people and robbing people and just generally causing mayhem everywhere. 
Um, you know, there have been to date over 1,100 arrests, and an estimated 16,000 people have taken place in these these riots. Um, 16,000 people, what? England wide. So have taken place in the riots. Ta- okay, have, have okay. So part, your sentence sorry. wasn't complete there. I was have confused. taken part in the riots. Um, so. You know, that's quite a lot of people, <laughs> about a tenth of which have been arrested um, successfully. Now, you know, we'll probably see more arrests, we'll probably see more injuries, there have been multiple deaths, um, you know, rival uh, rioters killing people, police accidentally killing folks or folks dying from injuries. I mean, there's been a lot of... a lot of um, Only four people have died so far, according to right. Wikipedia. Yeah, I mean, a lot of injuries, Bar very injuries. few deaths. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of property damage, somewhere around a hundred million pounds worth of damage. I think I read somewhere in here. That's a lot um, of property damage. That's a lot of property damage, especially in a recession. Like there are a lot of businesses who will probably not recover from this. Yeah. Um, you know, not not just the businesses, but the buildings where the businesses were housed. In a lot of cases, were completely destroyed. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of this happening, and uh, and really, you know, when you look at okay, let's go back to the cause causes um, question. Is it possible for people, you know, rioting to give... They may all have different reasons for why they're rioting. I suspect they do. Like, I've, I bet very few of them will say, well, it's because the police shot Mark Dugan. You know, that's not... That's something they, they won't directly relate their actions to. They'll say, like, you know, well, because I mean, this I've heard interviews with people. Coming, I've, been heard, I've heard interviews with people. And one of my favorite quotes, I heard mm-hmm. NPR, um, they interviewed what sounded like a young woman... Um, in England, and they said, you know, well, why, why are you doing this? And she said it was something like, you know, to show the police they can't control us. Right. And that's a much bigger... That's an ideal. It yeah. is. And and I'm curious how much the police were controlling her before then. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I got to feel like a lot of this is, is an overreaction. It's it's a and you know this is this is why there are multiple causes uh, listed here. I mean, just to, to kind of summarize them: um, fatal shooting of a suspect by the police, uh, the lack of a response of response by the police when confronted by the protest, uh, local tensions with police in this area, criminal opportunism, recreational violence, gang culture, high unemployment, and cuts in public services, uh, the economic crisis in general, the recession. Uh, social exclusion, poverty, the growing gap between rich and poor. Um, the chief constable of the West Midlands Police Force is reported to have characterized the behavior of rioters in Birmingham as being motivated by greed, not anger. Um, so back to the opportunism, um, social irresponsibility, and uh, the underclass. So these are all these are all potential causes listed in the um, you know in addition to race relations. Uh, absent fathers, multiculturalism. I mean, there's just all these. All I just feel like people are reaching for an excuse. I think so. I mean, it, and it's it's interesting to to kind of draw the line between you know what's an excuse and what's a cause. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you know if you <laughs> a lot of in a lot of cases the people rioting, the people looting, are just motivated by by greed and boredom. Well, everybody else is doing it, so I, this is a good chance for me to get a free TV. Yeah. Or I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think that happens. I don't know that this everybody, sure. but you know, if if that is happening, it becomes you know somebody else already, has already busted the window of this shop, mm-hmm. so you know the the owner has left because he's scared for his life. Yeah. So it becomes that much easier for anybody else to walk in and say, "Well, I'll take you know a couple bottles of Dom while I'm here." John Stewart made the joke on on a show a few nights ago that uh, he had a photo of, of uh, looters in front of a store. 
and uh, they're all kind of in a line. And he's like, well, they, even the looters queue up in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, I mean, that's. But I think that's. that's I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like that it becomes sort of, in a sense, culturally accepted once it's happened. You know, when there's a riot right. going well, it's, on, it's very much a. It's a. It's almost um, expected, particularly. It's a hive mind type of thing. It, well, it's, I, it's I mean, a so crowd crowd morality. You know? Yeah, that may be part of it. But you know, if you're if you're in. A, a police state that London has often been accused of being with the constant CCTVs. Yeah. Um, Which the, are finally, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the, the MPs are, are just, just going... Super happy now. Finally, we're good. We have all we, these cameras We justify the existence of all of this Orwellian technology. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And particularly, I mean, you know, London has a very interesting underclass, lower class mm-hmm. structure, as I understand. Yeah. I'm certainly not an expert. But... You know, and so those sorts of things happen, and, and the the culture you become a part of becomes very accepting of, of looting. Well, you know, everybody else is doing it. That's 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 what you do in a riot. That's how you know it's a riot. Right. Um, no, I don't. I don't know if that's quite what I meant to say. But I mean, I think that, I think that that it becomes well, certainly not everybody is exactly. Yeah. I mean, certainly the business owners, many of the people mm-hmm. in the neighborhoods are are very opposed to what's going on. There's yeah. been scattered reports of vigilantism and people. You know, taking justice into their own hands to protect the property, it's problematic because, in and of itself. Yeah, but I mean, I understand the desire. You know, it's mm-hmm. oh, obviously there aren't enough police to handle everyone. Like the mm-hmm. the size of the police force is based on the the normal percentage of, of criminal activity. Uh, in and this case, like this. You know, you have a lot of criminals all acting at the same time in large groups, which mm-hmm. is the you know antithesis of, of uh, you know what police forces are meant to handle. Um, yeah, I don't know if they've if they've brought their reserve or their equivalent. Well, they've they've brought in equation. they've brought in um, officers from surrounding areas. Oh yeah, um, yeah, like all sorts of other cops. The places where there aren't riots have been brought to London. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that I mean, very reason the riots have spread. Beyond well, they have, they have, and and so. That spreads the force even thinner. Yeah, um, the, the, your potential officers that you can use becomes you know even there's fewer and fewer of them. I mean, but, there have been riots as far north as uh, so Birmingham's had some. Um, I I don't know my English geography. Yeah, very I mean well. here's so elsewhere in London, outside London, Birmingham, Bristol, Liverpool, Medway, Nottingham, and Oxford, yeah, and all over Reading. the place. Yeah. Um, many places inside of London, of course. It's kind of the, the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's very widespread. It seems to be, it seems to be tapering off in the last couple of days a little bit. You know, fewer incidents, more uh, crackdowns on, on, yeah. uh, on the, the incidents that are happening. Um, and of course, David Cameron, the you know, Prime Minister of the UK, has made it very clear that, you know, they're going to they're going to do everything everything they can to suppress this, and, and that includes probably a lot of overreactions to you know the situation. Um, they've talked about kicking people out of um, of their government subsidized welfare housing uh, for being involved or supporting rioters at all. Which um, seems like a strange punishment. It does, and it seems like it's just something that would cause more violence. And I mean, more let's people let's out make a bunch of people homeless. Yeah, and angry. Um, and angry. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences for this action, but... But, you know, you have to realize that, that it's, it's got to be measured. And I, I don't... 
I mean, I, in this I don't situation, know how you it's do hard about to, it. Yeah, it's hard to measure it. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to say. Okay, this is exactly how much we need to do in this case to curtail what's going on. Yeah. Because I mean, we're talking about endemic problems in the UK. We're talking about uh, and and this, you know, Wikipedia has a nice historical context blurb at the beginning. Um, See, described by one journalist as the worst disturbances of their kind since the 1995 Brixton riots, a local resident expressed the opinion that the unrest was associated with poor relations between the police and the black community in London, uh, as well as in other cities with significant working class populations, such as Birmingham, which has been the setting of protests regarding the death death of uh, Kingsley Burrell. Um, however, other sources have pointed out that many ethnic backgrounds were well represented among the rioters. So it's not just the black population. Um, commentators liken the riots to the Broadwater Farm Riot of 1985, during which a police officer was murdered. Uh, the disturbances were preceded by calls for better oversight by the Metropolitan Police, uh, repeating observations which go back to the murder of Stephen Lawrence and the new crossfire. Uh, not exactly sure what those incidents were. In April 2011, <laughs> there was a large nonviolent march to Scotland Yard as a result of the death of Smiley Culture, but the uh, event was little reported. Um, co- commentators have also attributed the causes of the riots to factors including high poverty and unemployment, growing gap between rich and poor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, some of the causes we listed there. So, uh, you know, one of the, you know, obviously there are there are systematic problems here and. Um, one of the one of the, the one of the areas where some commentators have, have used this these riots as an opportunity to get out their probably exaggerated opinions uh, oh, sure. is is the this article by uh, Max Hastings in uh, the uh, Daily Mail, um, a reputable news source if ever there was one. Yeah, which I'd, I'd just like to to read his article in full because it's it just it's so inflammatory from the title to the to the conclusion. Is it a so, long one? Hmm? Is it long? Um, it's about, about a thousand words. Okay. So not not horrible. I'll probably interrupt you as you go. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we'll definitely pause him because he probably discusses the whole thing. So, um, the title of, of Hastings' article is uh, "Years of Liberal Dogma Have Spawned a Generation of Amoral, Uneducated, Welfare-Dependent, Brutalized Youngsters." So this guy's an atheist. <laughs> No, no, no. He's. I don't know if he's an atheist. Oh, I thought you. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I just. I saw a. Um, I saw on the same web page that uh, Peter Hitchens. Has oh, okay, that's the, that's on, what you're talking about. My, my mistake. Never mind. Yeah. In that case, because I don't know if this guy's I, I an atheist. Saying, if, if anything, and and I'm I'm making a broad accusation here. He sounds a lot like the religious right here in the U.S. He does. I mean, um, except. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't see a title like that on Fox News, although they would love to have it. I'm sure. So I've, um, <laughs> I've seen similar things on Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so jumping right in, um, should I try to do a UK accent for the? No, no, <laughs> no. This is something serious. Can I, can I just do it for like first sentences? A few weeks after the uh, U.S. city of Detroit was ravaged by, uh, that's more. It's more New Zealand. Did you stop? Okay. <laughs> A few weeks after the U.S. city of Detroit was ravaged by 1967 race riots. See, that's a little bit better. You sound like an old guy. Uh, This this just like an old guy. Like you don't sound like an old British guy. Okay, whatever. Uh, In which 43 people died. I was shown around the wrecked areas by a black reporter named Joe Strickland. I like how he says that. He said, don't believe all that stuff here. Why does it matter what the... 
I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why he says that, but he says, does he need to be a black reporter? Does he only report on black things? Yes. <laughs> Maybe there's a point here. He said, don't you believe all that stuff people here are giving media folk about how sorry they are about what happened? When they talk to each other, they say, it was a great fire, man. I am sure this is what many of the young rioters, white and black, who have burned and looted in, in England through the past few shocking nights think today. It was fun. It made life interesting. It got people to notice them. As a girl looter told, the, told a BBC reporter, it showed the rich and the police that we can do what we like. Yeah, that was the quote I was talking about. Yeah. That's the one that I... Yeah. I've heard that in about four different places now. Okay. If you live in a normal life... If you, yeah, if you live a normal life of absolute futility, which we can assume most of this week's rioters do, excitement of any kind is welcome. The people who wrecked swaths of property, burned vehicles, and terrorized communities have no moral compass to make them susceptible to guilt or shame. No moral compass, huh? We'll, 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 well, I'll just, I'll there's a difference between having a moral compass and deciding what you want to do, even knowing it's wrong. Yeah, there's a, there, there's a difference between <laughs> knowing where North is and walking in that direction. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> we go, yeah. uh, most have no jobs to go to or exams they might pass. They know no family role models. Uh, How does he know this? I don't know. I, he's, I'm just curious. He's, like, is, he sounds like he knows everything about these people. Yeah, uh, name, social security number. The father is unemployed or from which he was decamped. Um, they are illiterate and innumerate beyond maybe some dexterity with computer games and blackberries. Okay, oh you can't God. be illiterate if you can use a blackberry. No kidding. Um, they're essentially wild beasts. I use that phrase advisedly because it seems appropriate to that young people. That sounds like a racist term. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep reading. I'm, I'm sorry. Keep reading. Like, yeah. Um, when this is a, when this, yes. Yeah. I, it's, yeah Amy, yeah. Amy, who's here listening in, pointed out that that's like calling them natives, mm -hmm. which is an, an incredibly racist thing to do. Um... I use that phrase advisedly because it seems appropriate to young people bereft of the discipline that might make them employable, of that conscience that distinguishes between right and wrong. I don't know if I can finish this. <laughs> they respond only to instinctive animal impulses to eat and yeah, drink. Yeah, these aren't full people we're talking sex. about. Caesar these are less the, than human. Caesar destroy the accessible property of others. Their behavior on the streets resembled that of the polar bear, which attacked a Norwegian tourist camp last oh week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were doing what came naturally, and unlike the bear, no one even shot them for it. Wow. Somebody shot a bear. Some, That's what I took out of that. Yeah. Um, a former London police chief spoke a few years ago about the feral children on his patch. Another way of describing the same reality. The depressing truth is that at the bottom of our society is a layer of young people with no skills, education, values, or aspirations. They do not have what most of us would call lives. They simply exist. Nobody has ever dared suggest to them that they need to feel any allegiance to anything, least of all Britain or their community. They do Why should they? <laughs> Why, why do they need to feel allegiance? They do not watch royal weddings or notice test matches or take pride in being Londoners or scousers or dummies. Uh, not only do they know Who's to say London doesn't have a race problem? <laughs> not only do they know nothing of Britain's past, they care nothing for its present. I, I, gotta, I gotta read this as a, as a stuck-up <laughs> British guy. They have their being only in video games and street fights. Casual drug use and crime, sometimes petty, sometimes serious. 
The notions of doing a nine-to-five job, marrying and sticking with a wife and kids, taking up DIY or learning to read properly, are beyond their imaginations. <laughs> so basically, he's saying these people aren't what I want them to be, and that's wrong. Essentially, I mean, he, it's so... He's being so classist in this article. Yeah. Classist, racist... Um, is this, I mean, ageist. Ageist. This is, this is definitely a young people thing. Uh, presentist. Read. Like, every... Uh, I mean... Wow. They don't know anything about British history. I know about British history. I wouldn't want to claim to be a Britainer. I, well, I mean... I, I just I want to keep reading because there's just it just keeps getting more interesting. Like you can't make this crap up. Apparently uh, he did. Last week I met a charity worker who was trying to help a teenage girl in East London to get a life for herself. There is a difficulty, however. Her mother wants to go wants her to go on the game. My friend explained, "It's the money, you know." The game. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. An underclass has existed throughout history, which one endured appalling, uh, which once endured appalling privation. It's spasmodic outbreaks of violence, especially in the early 19th century. Why can't everybody just be rich? (laughs) Frightened the ruling classes. Oh, (laughs) scary underclass. (laughs) Its frustrations and passions were kept at bay by force and draconian legal sanctions, foremost among them capital punishment and transportation to the colonies. Today, those at the bottom of society behave no better than their forebears, but the welfare state has relieved them from hunger and real want. When social surveys speak of deprivation and poverty, this is entirely relative. Meanwhile, sanctions of wrongdo- for wrongdoing have largely vanished. Right. I'm just facepalming as hard as I can over here. (laughs) When work and pension secretary Ian Duncan Smith recently urged employers to take on more British workers and fewer migrants, he was greeted with a hoarse laugh. Every firm in the land knows that an East European, for instance, will first bother to turn up, second work harder, and third be better educated than his or her British counterpart. Who do we blame for this state of affairs? Ken Livingstone, contemptible as ever, declares the riots to be the result of the government's spending cuts. This recalls the remarks of then-leader of Lambeth Council, Red Ted Knight, who said after the 1981 Brixton riots that police in Hillsborough amounted to an army of occupation. But it will not do for a moment to claim the rioters' behavior reflects deprived circumstances or police persecution. Really? Of course, it is I think true. That's exactly, I think why that's exactly why. They, yeah. Of course, it is true that very few have. Jobs. I'm just making stuff up to make people angry, and it's working. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I feel like it's intentionally inflammatory to an extent, but it's just. I have well, to we're reading it, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> um, of course, it is true that very few have jobs, learn anything useful at school, live in decent homes, eat meals at regular hours, or feel loyalty to anything beyond their local gang. See, so he he contradicted himself earlier. He said they have no loyalty or allegiances whatsoever. And I was just, like, well, no, they're not loyal they to what he wants them to be loyal exactly. to. Exactly, so he doesn't... So therefore they're they not no doing what he wants, oh, and God. he knows what's best for them. This is not, however, because they are victims of mistreatment or neglect. It is because it is fantastically hard to help such people, young or old, without imposing a measure of compulsion, which modern society finds unacceptable. These kids are what they are because nobody makes them be anything different or better. 
Wow. He's going to bring back the British Empire. He does. He's such an imperialist. We know what's best for you, (laughs) so let's make you do it. I'm intentionally reading it in the voice of the the, um, head guy, whatever he was called, from uh, V for Vendetta. Like, it just, it sounds like such a speech that, have you not? Oh my God. I've seen it. It's been a long time. This reminds me so much. I didn't enjoy it very much. I was one of those uh, weird few that didn't think it was a great film. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it, this is very relevant. It's very relevant to this. Um, a key factor of determining, uh, no, a key factor of delinquency is lack of effective sanctions to defer it, uh, deter it. From an early stage, feral children discover that they can bully Again with fellow, the feral children. That they can bully fellow pupils at school, shout abuse at people in the streets, urinate outside pubs, howl litter from car windows, play car radios at deafening volumes, and indeed, <laughs> those kids with their loud music. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and indeed, commit casual assaults with only a negligible uh, prospect of facing rebuke, far less retribution. John Stuart Mill wrote in his great 1859 essay on liberty... Yeah, let's quote 1859 anything. John Stuart Mill was was pretty good, but this this guy is very very million. The liberty of the individual must be thus far limited. He must not make himself nuisance to other people. Yet every day, up and down the land, this vital principle of civilized societies is breached with impunity. One who we're reproaches about civilization now. These people oh, are less oh, civilized. We're here now. We're here now. Yeah. Anyone who reproaches a child, far less an adult, for discarding rubbish, making a racket, committing vandalism, or driving unsociably. <laughs> wow. Driving unsociably. Somebody cut him off yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll receive in return a torrent of obscenities and violence. So who is to blame? The breakdown of families, the pernicious promotion of single motherhood as a desirable state, the decline of domestic life. <laughs> Let's so get some he, anti-womanism in there, too, oh, while we're at it. Through misogyny. It's the only thing that was missing so far. <laughs> um, the decline of domestic life, so that, uh, so that even shared meals are a rarity, have all contributed importantly to the condition of the young underclass. The social engineering industry unites to claim that the conventional template of family life is no longer valid. And what are the schools? I do not think they can be blamed for the creation of grotesquely self-indulgent, non-judgmental culture. This has ultimately been sanctioned by Parliament, which refuses to accept, for instance, that children are more likely to prosper with two parents than with one, and that the dependency culture is a tragedy for those who receive something for nothing. The judiciary concludes uh, colludes with social services and infinitely ingenious lawyers to assert the privacy of the rights of the criminal and aggressor over those of the law-abiding citizens, especially if a young offender is involved. The police in recent years... I, I know, it's, 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 it's amazing. The police in recent years have developed a reputation for ignoring robbery and bullying, even for taking jobs aside against complaints. The problem, said Bill Pitt, the former head of Manchester's nuisance strategy unit. That exists? A nuisance strategy unit? What? How do we be more nuisancey? That's what I hear when I hear nuisance strategy unit. Nuisance strategy unit. We need more strategies for nuisances. Wow. Um, is that the law appears to be there to protect the rights of the perpetrator and does not support the victim. 
Police regularly arrest householders who are deemed to have taken disproportionate action to protect themselves from, and their property from burglars and intruders. The message goes out that criminals have little to fear from the feds. Figures published earlier this month show that... I don't know about, about London yeah, England, we yeah. do anything on that. Figures published earlier this month show that a majority of lesser crimes, which include burglary and car theft, and which cause acute distress to their victims, are never investigated because forces think it is so unlikely that they will catch the perpetrators. Well, it is. I'm sorry. I mean, it's the same, same in the <laughs> that's, U.S. That's it's, true. It's petty crime, It's right? very... I mean, well... I don't know if that's not petty crime, but yeah. it's very difficult to find out who did it. Yeah. Uh, it's continuing. Um, <laughs> how do you inculcate... It is hard to find out who's going to who stole your car or who burgled into your house. It the world does not it. live in CSI land. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. How do you inculcate values in a child whose only role model is footballer Wayne Rooney, a man who is bereft of the most meager human graces? <laughs> Well, he did make it to the, to the World Cup, though. I mean, well, that's something. That's something. Yeah, I'd look up to that. How do you persuade children to renounce bad language when they hear little else? From oh, good. We're about language BBC. now. Oh, yep. God. Oh, it's he's covering pretty much everything that uh, a get off my lawn guy could. I mean, <laughs> there's very little evidence that hearing bad words does anything to our children, yeah. and worse than that, they already know them all. Yeah, pretty much. A teacher, yeah, done studies of this. Francis Gilbert, wrote five years ago in his book, Yab Nation. The public Yab? I think it's some UK term, whatever. The public feels it no longer has the right to interfere. Discussing the difficulties of imposing sanctions for misbehavior or idleness at school, he described a case of a girl pupil who scolded for missing all her homework deadlines. The youngster's mother, a social worker, telephoned him and said, threatening to throw my daughter off the A-level course because she hasn't done some work is tantamount to psychological abuse, and there is legislation which prevents these sorts of threats. I believe you're trying to harm my child's mental well-being and may well take steps if you are not careful. I don't know what Yab is. Yeah. Yabu or Yab is a slang term for an uncouth, uncouth thuggish working class person. The word derives from a black slang reading of the word boy. Boy or boyo reversed becomes Yab or Yabo. Oh. Um, okay. So that's, it's, it's a racist term from the looks of things. Yay! <laughs> Uh, this story rings horribly true. It reflects a society in which teachers have been deprived of their uh, traditional right to arbitrate pupils' behavior, denied power most find it hard to sustain respect, never mind control. I never enjoyed school, but most children, in, but like most children until very recent times, <laughs> yes, everybody except this generation, yeah. uh, did the work because I knew I would be punished if I did not. It would never have occurred to my parents not to uphold my teacher's authority. This might have been unfair to some pupils, but it was the way schools functioned for centuries. It wasn't fair, but that's the but we yeah. did it forever, Until so that made it okay. Crazy pupil rights. <laughs> yeah, I think John Stuart Mill also talked about standing up for the right of the minority. No. Like, yeah. Couldn't be. Yeah. We only take the important quotes that we agree with from famous historical <laughs> documents. Um, I recently, yeah, it's the, he talked about the tyranny of the majority. Like this was a big thing in Mill's writing. Well, yeah, sure, but you've read Mill. You're not yeah. just finding quotes on the internet that agree with you. <laughs> I know. I recently discovered a letter from a teacher who worked in the city's pupil referral unit describing appalling difficulties in enforcing That sounds like discipline. a bad episode of Law and Order, the pupil referral <laughs> pupil unit. Pupil referral unit. <laughs> Law and Order. 
PRU. <laughs> <laughs> yes, little Billy spit on another child. <laughs> well, where should we refer him? I don't know, the principal? In the independent, dun, dun, in the independent school system, there are two parties. <laughs> the dun, teachers dun, dun, and the pupils who oppose them. These are their dun, stories. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Her only weapon, she said, was the right to mark a disciplinary cross against a child's name for misbehavior. Having repeatedly and vainly asked a 15-year-old to stop using obscene language, she said, Fred, if you use language like that again, I'll give you a cross. He replied, give me an effing cross then. Eventually, she said, Fred, you have three crosses now. You must miss your next break. He answered, I'm not missing my break. I'm going for an effing fag. When she appealed to her manager, he said... Well, the boy's got a lot going on at home at the moment. Don't be too hard on him. This is a story repeated daily in schools up and down the land. A century ago, no child was, would have dared to Did he make that story up, or was, was it... Oh, it's an actual thing, I guess. From a friend of his. Oh, a friend of his. Gotcha. Um, I used to make up friends no, 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 of mine a, when I worked no, no, for no, a letter, A letter from a teacher who worked in uh, the county's pupil referral unit. <clears throat> yeah. A century ago, no child would have dared to use obscene language in class. Today, some use little else. It symbolizes their contempt for manners and decency, and is often a foretaste of delinquency. If a child lacks sufficient respect to address authority figures politely and faces no penalty for failing to do so, then other forms of abuse of property and person come naturally. So there we have it. A large, amoral, brutalized subculture of young British people who lack education do what I want them to do. <laughs> because they have no will to learn and skills which make them unemployable. Amy has something to say. Part of this is, is the entitlement generation. There is something there mm. not respecting the authority of a teacher. We encounter that. We do. i got to finish this, though. He's, he's got such flowery language here. Um, they are an absolute dead weight upon society because they contribute nothing yet cost the taxpayer billions. Liberal opinion holds they are victims because society has failed to prevent them with opportunities to develop their potential. Most of us would say this is nonsense. Rather, they are victims of a perverted social ethos which elevates personal freedom to an absolute and denies the underclass the discipline, tough love, which alone might enable some of its members to escape from the swamp of dependency in which they live. Only education, together with politicians, judges, policemen, and teachers, with the courage <laughs> Only to education, force... <laughs> with all of these other things. <laughs> to, to force feral humans to obey the rules and the rest of us have accepted for our lives can provide a way forward and a way out for these people. They are products of a culture which gives them so much unconditionally that they are let off learning how to become human beings. My dogs are better behaved and subscribe to a higher code of values than the young rioters of Tottenham, Hackney, Clapham, and Birmingham, unless or until those who run Britain introduce incentives for decency and impose penalties for bestiality... <laughs> which are today entirely lacking. That's not the word he means no, to use. <laughs> there will never be a shortage of young rioters and looters such as those of the past four nights for whom their monstrous excesses were a great fire, man. Well, well... So there may be a small point, as Amy points out, over here, of the entitlement generation. That is something that exists, and that is something that we've had to deal with, both Amy yeah. and myself. <laughs> 
that, you that do does exist. You have those parents. You do have those parents. Of course, you have mistreated my son or daughter because they did not make an A in this class. The parents don't respect the teacher. I, I, I mean, and that does exist. That being said, and, and he, I know we can. He's and I'm, using many, many things. There is so much else this man is saying <laughs> that is offensive in every way possible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's. I mean. What's the saying? A stopped clock is right twice a day. I guess a racist columnist <laughs> is occasionally not entirely wrong. I, I, I mean, it's, it's clearly the perspective from someone who grew up in an entirely different era and does not care to understand the subtleties or take responsibility for the situation that they're currently well, in. Well, you don't understand, Stephen. He knows he's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if everybody else would just listen to him, uh, the world would be a better place. Yeah. Just ask him. He'll tell you how to fix everything. Oh, wait, he just did. Uh, He'll tell you how to fix problems you didn't know you had. <laughs> yes, only education and police, and police officers and, and parents and, parents and, and the, the government elders. and my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <sighs> I do like his misuse of bestiality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it, is it technically a misuse? Let's see here. I have, I have the dictionary. I mean, maybe, but um, it's, it's not a typical use of no, bestiality. I mean, the, the number one definition from a dictionary on here is a savagely cruel or depraved behavior. So then the second one is sexual intercourse between a person and an animal. And that's so, what people think of when you say bestiality. Maybe not in England. I don't know. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> I, you know, let's, let's kind of deconstruct that a little bit, though. I mean, it, there's definitely this anarchic urge right now. Like, it, as a result, it, and he brings up some salient points. There is Where? This, uh, entitlement. Up, entitlement. That's culture. a salient point. Um... The you know the lack of, of uh, you know ability to enforce law. I actually I kind of agree with him in that case. Like the point the point of laws is to enforce a certain code, right? This yes. Is, and and um, I guess that's one interpretation of it. Um, yes. He's thinking very much from a uh, I forget that who came up with this originally, but you know the, the you know the will of the sovereign must be imposed. You know we have we have rules that that have to be imposed, and everybody uh, and there has to be enforcement. Of those those rules, um, and without the enforcement, the laws might as well not even exist. Uh, so you know, laws are only as good as the the stick that beats you up if you don't follow them. I don't like that. I I don't. I, I can understand quite like it well, because I would point, say a law is only as good as people who follow it. Uh, but you know, he says, well, you know, we have plenty of law-abiding citizens. In but the UK, well, but no, these, I mean, uh, you know, it's something whereby. And here's an interesting example. Mm -hmm. um, the legalization of marijuana. Um, in that, it's a law that, that we say is to protect everybody. Mm -hmm. We say marijuana is illegal because it's bad for everybody and there's nothing possibly good that can come of it. And, and we know what's right. Right. Um, however, the side effects of that law lead to a massive prison population for what in most cases amounts to being a victim of crime. If you're arrested for possession or dealing, you yeah. don't actually hurt anybody. Which is another you're, thing. You're that, taking that, a part in commerce. Yeah, that, and that's um, actually another thing that... Um, well, I think Mill did support 
um, intervention in order to prevent someone from harming themselves. But he, he That's where we disagree, but Yeah. Well and then you have to define what is harm. What is yeah. self harm? Because oh, I, that's a I, huge I forget thing. this now. Yeah. Let's um, see. Because Let's see one one it. could argue that getting as high as a kite and sitting on your couch all day doesn't count as harm. Yeah. Uh, one could argue it does because you're then not working, you're not paying for yourself, you're not, you know. I'm I'm pulling up the notes from my intro to ethics class. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. But um, that's yeah. well, that's the thing of it is, is you know, that's it's a lot easier to say you've harmed another person than it is to say you've harmed yourself. Um, utilitarianism. So, yeah, torture. Torture counts as harming others. Unless they're into that. Doing harm. Where did we talk about Mill? Trying to find that in here. Because I, I believe he's, he said, like, there was... No, 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 it was the, the state can only intervene to prevent harm to others. Not, and he, and he specifically uh, spoke against paternalism, which was the idea that you can, you can prevent people from harming themselves. Because you know what's best for them. Because you know what's best for them, yeah, exactly. That's, so, that's what I'm, saying. I'm with Mel on this one then, yeah. on that particular point. I mean, that's the, what this, this Max Hastings guy doesn't realize. Like, he pulls the one quote out of Mill, but <laughs> Mill would actually disagree with a lot of the crap that he spews in this article. Like, it's, it's quite... But I quoted John Stuart Mill, and he's a famous person, so I must be right. Yeah. Um, did, it, did I not have paternalism in here anywhere? I'm trying to think who else. So what are, well, there's all sorts of quotes you can intentionally pull out of context. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, why isn't it, uh, it's like it's not advancing. I don't know. Why is it? There's a question for bad philosophy. Why, why is it? Is it? <laughs> why, why is it? Why is, why? Why is it? <laughs> why isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> why is? <laughs> why is? Why is? <laughs> why is? Let's make it a statement. Y is. Not X. Not X is Y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we may have gone as far as we can on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's okay. These episodes Anyways, are going to be shorter. <laughs> I, well, I want to hear one other opinion that you have. So you're, you're a rational advocate. More or less. More or less. Would this... Would what we're seeing here going on in the UK count as rational anarchy? No. Irrational anarchy, then. I don't know if I'd put a, a modifier on it either way. It's just anarchy. I think, it's, I think in a lot of cases it's just straight-up anarchy. Yes. People completely rebelling against authority in every yes. way, shape, which, form. which yeah. is, is distinctly different from rational anarchy in that the, the rational anarchist often accepts outside impositions on them mm -hmm. that don't actually affect them. Is anarchy ever justified of the, of the sort that we're seeing here? Is, I'm, not, you, I'm you, not one who's going to say that yes. Let's, I mean, let's look at it from the perspective. But that's, that's more of a moral thing than a, than a political thing. Yeah. Um, because I morally am against hurting other people and stealing their stuff. Mm -hmm. So morally I'm opposed to it. Anarchy doesn't really... Is it isn't as much a moral thing as it is a political thing. It's a social thing too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's this group feels like their freedom has been suppressed. They feel allegedly, like, you know, 
disenfranchised with mm-hmm. with the life that they that they've been given, and, and so and they're trying to to make it better. By so there's these, the these argument. I don't means. I don't know if they're actual, and I don't know that they're not, but I don't know that they're actually trying to make it. They may be trying to selfishly make their individual lives better, mm-hmm. but they, I don't think they're trying to fix the system. No, they're, they're not. They're, they're not trying, trying to, fix to, it to by breaking it. They're they're essentially saying, you know, we don't like how it is now. So but I don't. I don't think it. they're they're breaking a system because the system's going to exist after they're done. Right. Um, the, the the riots will eventually end. Uh, I don't see this happening for the next three years. Although if it does, we'll come back on our six year anniversary and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the system will come back. And now, not everybody who's partaken will get arrested, and everybody who gets arrested will go to jail um, or even get a citation because mm-hmm. these things are hard to prove. Because in a lot of ways, and we didn't—you may have talked about this. I didn't want to be upset about justice. You know, it's much easier for a guilty person to get off than an innocent person to go to jail, or at least it should be, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so they may get off, and I'm more or less okay with that. And on a large scale, in the in the, in the system of I think justice should work, but the system isn't going away, and this sort of thing isn't going to change the system on this scale. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, these underclass people, and, and that's a term I don't like, I'm going to say lower class people, yeah. because underclass it's, has, it's, it's, is a very charged term. Yeah. Um, these lower class, potentially disenfranchised, impoverished folks who are doing this for their reasons, aren't going to come out better because of it, um, and are still going to be impoverished and lower class at mm-hmm. the end of the day, uh, except some of them will be in jail. Um, and so I can understand their, their need to lash out, their need to fight back and to do something about it, and there does come a point where you, it builds up and you can't contain it and you don't know what to do anymore. And that may lead to you throwing a uh, rock at a cop car Mm -hmm. Um, because you've run out of rational options. Here, I think I I found the the million thing here. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, I didn't answer the question on paternalism here. (laughs) Skipped it. Uh, Awesome. Well, this is no. This was not my. This was not my response. Let's see. And now we'll never know. Yeah. Ah, man, I thought I responded to this. No, here we go. Here we go. Homework 12. Yeah. According to Mill, restrictions on freedom should only be imposed to prevent people, to prevent competent individuals from doing harm to others. Otherwise, everyone should be free to do what they wish. So basically the opposite of what this guy just said. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, and with clear. that, <laughs> and with that, I think we've we've talked ourselves silly on this. Obviously, some British people are upset about this, and yeah, are there's saying a certain very argument. I mean, there's not a, there's not a, there's not like a clear you know. Well, everybody should just stop rioting. Although I kind of think they should, but well, yeah. But, I mean, I understand. That there's a lot I of emotion wondered, like, behind I it. I mean, incentives for decency. Like, what the hell does that even mean? What would be an incentive to be decent? Well, there's a certain idea that... I mean, it goes to the golden rule. If everybody's nice to each other, then life will be nice for everybody. Mm-hmm. But these kids have grown up in an environment where very few people are nice to them. 
and most people hurt them. And that can potentially lead to a situation like what's happening in England right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it is endemic. It's, it's, but it, the fact is he's writing after it's all happened and going, oh, my God, you know, this... Well, his, the his reason, years, the reasons so he down. thinks it's happened are, yeah. He thinks that they're bad because they haven't been hit enough. Yeah, pretty much. Because they're lower people. Because punishment, they haven't been punished enough. Which, which punishment you know. isn't a good incentive. The no. fear of punishment is not a good incentive. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he wants what he wants is the tyranny of the majority. Yes, he wants this this civilized majority to be to to control those who get out of line. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, is, I mean, the wrong way to do it, in my not very humble opinion. England prevails. That's what. That's what I. I just in the background of this whole article, I just see that England prevails. Somebody needs to. Somebody's gonna blow up Parliament. <laughs> maybe cutting. Uh, maybe banning masks in the near future. Who? England. England. Just banning as, as part of this thing to control the riots, so wow. people will be seen. Yeah, I'm sure the Muslim population is gonna be real happy about that. Well, again, it's well, a. They've never been upset about angering the Muslim population anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because um, colonies, we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. But, but now they have a colony in their own country. The As government will also it. give the police... This is, of course, this is from The Guardian via Boing Boing. The government will also give the police powers to demand people remove face coverings after many looters who ransack shops during riots from London and other English cities wore masks to avoid being identified. Man. That's interesting. I'm curious... I mean, only remove these in a specific geographically location for a limited time. <laughs> Under any uh, circumstances where there is reasonable suspicion they are related to criminal activity. Reasonable suspicion. How do you... See, sisters... And that's something only be decided uh, after the fact. So yeah, that, oh, that has to go course. to court for that sort of thing. Was this reasonable or not? Better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah. That's the... Seems to be the preparing philosophy. Ah. Uh, uh, well, anyways. Kevin... I think this has been a good, uh, a good first of the of the fast episodes. Of the, um, of the speed run. Uh, we'll be doing another one of these tomorrow, tomorrow I believe. <laughs> probably doing tomorrow. Yeah, probably, probably doing it tomorrow. So, and we'll, we're still open for a topic. So, um, nobody will hear this by the time. By we the get time there. you hear this, we'll have already chosen it. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we hope you don't riot in your own hometown. That would really be a bad idea. Um, but you know, just if you get the nice to folk. Buy a ticket, go over to the UK, and you'll probably be fine. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. So. We can't encourage rioting. Well, I mean, there's only like a one in ten chance of getting arrested. So we we should <laughs> not encourage rioting, Stephen. I, I know. Don't actually do that, people. Uh, <laughs> just stay at home and listen to our show. We're we're much much nicer. So, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Super truth, better than regular truth, coming to save you from truth and give you a better truth. Super truth. That's close. I think we got it. I, I, we'll work on that. Okay. I'll record that in GarageBand and auto-tune it. It'll feel sound yeah. better.
At philosophy.com. A true fact. That's how you know it's true and a fact. <laughs>